Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. We are now in our time together to experience you. Prepare us now for this time of worship.
all creation us for three of the struggle. So over us, give our name. Saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Let us affirm what we believe through the use of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. and God's word us by the prophet John. Days are surely coming, says the Lord, and I will make a new covenant, the house of Israel and the house will not be like the covenant that I made with their I took them by the hand covenant they broke. Though I was their husband, so 
this is the covenant that I will make with the after those I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall no longer shall they teach other or say other know the Lord. They shall all know me. Them to the I will forgive Lord bless to our
I mentioned before, during Lent, we have one great hour of sharing offering. This morning, Cameron uh, Clark is going to... Minute for Mission, Lose the Bonds of Injustice. Front Porch Cafe serves as an entryway to hope and transformation. Front Porch Cafe in Akron, Ohio, serves up the healthy portions of food and friendship for people needing a new start in life. At the Front Porch, individuals recovering from addiction or re-entering society after spending time in prison can eat a good meal, grow and learn alongside others who share their struggles, and receive guidance on housing and employment opportunities. When Duress had joined the Front Porch community five years ago, she had been sober and drug-free for a year. But a decade of unemployment threatened the sustainability of her success. She volunteered at the cafe and attended its support groups. That helped her develop a resume and interviewing skills. These efforts helped Duress land a job at a catering company where she has worked for four years. She continues to live a life free from alcohol and drug abuse. Your One Great Hour of Sharing gifts contributes to Duress's transformation. Presbyterian Committee on the Self-Development of People, or SDOP, made a grant that helps renovate and equip the buildings that houses the cafe after Eastminster Presbyterian Committee selected the project for funding. SDOP partners with economically poor people in projects they present, control, own, and are the direct beneficiaries. Porch Cafe is part of South Street Ministries, serves youth and adults in one of Akron's poorest and most racially diverse neighborhoods. We get people from the church, the recovery world, and the neighborhood who come in just for a place to gather, says Joe Tucker, the ministry's executive director. By purchasing one of the front porch's reasonably priced meals, neighborhood patrons support its witness to hope. When people, we give people a lot of hope and redirection, Joe says. We tell people, hey, look, half our staff are in recovery or reentry themselves. We know what it's like. What you are wanting to do is absolutely doable. We believe in Christ, and we will pray with you. The consistent reminder of hope is probably the deepest area we have. Doretha continues to attend a support group at the front porch and its weekly worship service. If I hadn't gotten involved with the front porch, there's a chance I would have started using again and been in prison or even died, Doretha says. Your one great hour of sharing gifts helps people move themselves from the deepest, from the depths of despair toward vistas of hope. Please give generously. Let us pray. Transforming God, we pray for people who struggle with addiction. We give thanks for ministries like the Front Porch Cafe that help people overcome this challenge and begin new lives. May we join them in bearing witness to Christ's desire that all people experience freedom and hope. Amen. Let us now, as God's blessed people, render to Almighty God our tithes and our offerings.
The fifth Sunday of Lent, our Old Testament lesson from the Gospel of John, taken from the 12th chapter of John, verses 20 through 33. Let us open our hearts and minds as we prepare ourselves to accept God's word given to us by the Gospel writer John. Now, among those 
who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethesda and in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. And those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what I should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder, and others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of the world. Now the ruler of the world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death that he was to die. May the Lord bless to our hearts the reading of this gospel lesson. Throughout the centuries, people have been amazed by the exit lines or sometimes final words of notable people. Over the course of my life, I've heard many exit lines from people my own memory. Take, for example, Richard M. Nixon's exit line on November the 7th, 1962 when he conceded defeat to Pat Brown in his run for governor of California. He stated, you won't have Nixon to kick around anymore because, gentlemen, this is my last press conference. Although Nixon and much of America thought it was his exit line, it was not. Of course, we all know Nixon went on, turned to politics in 1968 and was elected president. Then on August the 8th of 1974, the wake of the Watergate scandal, then President Nixon resigned from that office. And the final words of his speech on that occasion were, to have served in this office is to have felt a very personal sense of kinship to each and every American. Leaving it, I do so with this prayer, God's grace be with you in all the days ahead. And unlike Nixon's 1962 speech, this exit line stuck. Or many of you may remember, or at least I do, when General Douglas MacArthur's retirement, and when he was speaking before Congress at his retirement, he told Congress that old soldiers never die, they just fade away. 
with the recent death of Stephen Hawking this week from ALS, or as some people call it, Eric's disease, one might reflect upon baseball player Lou Gehrig, his final speech given on July 4th of 1939, when Gehrig stood up in front of the podium speaking to all the New York Yankee faithful, proclaiming despite his recent health issues that he considered himself to be the luckiest man. That was the last time Eric would ever wear a baseball uniform again, having died two years later. For as a kid who watched cartoons on Saturday mornings, uh, I always remember and heard often the voice of Mel Blanc, played the voice of many different characters, like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Forky Pig, Petey Bird, Sylvester the Cat, Pepe Le Pew, many, many more characters and cartoons. And of course, one of the hallmark phrases of Mel Blanc in his character for Porky Pig at the end of a cartoon was, that's all, folks. And of course, it ended up as Mel Blanc requested that that phrase, that's all, folks, be etched, engraved in his day. During Lent, we read scriptures where Jesus talks about his death and the reason for his death. He added his disciples... He needed his disciples to understand what his exit plan was. But an exit with a difference. An exit that we might sum up using Mel Blanc's expression, that's not all, folks. Jesus often made a quick exit. The crowd who crowded him out by trying to get away for a momentary retreat Jesus left the Last Supper so he could go to Yosemite and pray. Then in the, that really big moment when he died on the cross, he sympathized in the tomb. So they believed that he was dead and entombed, and that was the final exit. But no, Jesus said, that's not all, folks. He reappears and spends much of his time with his disciples. Then he exits again. But again, he says, that's not all, folks. I will send the Holy Spirit to be with you. Jesus, in his post-resurrection exit line, recorded as the last words of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says to his disciples, remember, I am with you always at the end of the age. Soon after Jesus enters Jerusalem for the Passover festival, some Greeks approach him, and the disciple Philip say to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip relays these words to Andrew, and then the two of them take the request to Jesus. He tells them so many words that he will soon die. And then he compares himself to a seed. Very truly, I tell you, unless a seed of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now these Greeks who were listening to Jesus 
had grown up with Aesop's fables, so they knew the power of a simple story to convey a horrible lesson. And in case that they do not get this point, Jesus goes on to say, those who take their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. In other words, although death is very close for Jesus, he tells the disciples that his own literal death is a metaphor for understanding how his followers must live each and every day of their life. They must live by dying. And when they do, like a seed in the ground, they will grow and bear much fruit. You can certainly understand the confusion of the Greeks. They know that the dead tend to stay dead. Jesus is telling them that the fruitfulness that comes from going into the ground, the loss of life leads to eternal life. Then he drops his exit line on them. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He is lifted up on the cross. He will not repel people. Instead, he will draw people to himself. Fruitfulness and life. Both are connected to the power of the cross. The cross that Jesus elsewhere says he must invade. What we do, we will bear much fruit. The point is, since an entrance to a new level or plane of living. For some, however, the cross is both metaphorical and literal. For example, we only turn to the events that happened 50 years ago next month in Memphis, Tennessee, April 4th of 1968. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And on the night before his death, he gave a speech in which he said, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I am not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I have looked over, and I have seen the promised land. This was King's mountaintop speech. And it contains some powerful truths about his life and the civil rights movement. He was right to say that longevity has its place. And it would have been marvelous if he had been able to live out his life uh, peacefully. But at the same time, he delivered a vision, a promised land that continues to inspire people today. We are still on the path of the promised land. As we work for justice, love, as we tell the story of God's great love and grace toward his people, we tried to live together as God's children, regardless of any of our differences. King's death did not kill his efforts for justice, but instead it gave life to a movement that is bigger now than it ever has been. King said, I have seen the promised land. 
But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promise. He went into the earth like a grain of wheat, and his efforts have borne much fruit. Now, eternal life. Jesus says that those who love their life lose it. Those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Those who love life are those who are attached to the things of this world and want and who want to become rich and famous and powerful is that they mistake is life. Jesus knows that you cannot take material goods and worldly achievements to do in the grave. So in the end these kinds of things are the lives that have been lost. You want to see a miracle in your life? Take a small seed. Put it in several inches of dirt. Give it light and water and fertilizer. And it doesn't matter how much ground <coughs> how much ground that that's over the seed that weighs it down. The seed will push it back. Never underestimate the power of a single seed. James, the epistle writer, James, not as far as we know from his letter, wasn't a farmer. But he knew the power of a seed sown. He understood the words of Jesus in this context and how fertile soil can produce much. He wrote in his letter, For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. How good are you at sowing seeds of Jesus modeled peace through the acts of love, washing the feet of the men who he knew would betray him and honoring the sinful woman whose society had scorned. Want to see a miracle? Plant a word of love deep within the heart of another person's life. Nurture it with a smile and a prayer. Watch what happens. There are four crosses in the world that we endure. There are four things worthy of our giving our lives to. Four. The four things are love, truth, justice. And when we take up one of these crosses and we follow Jesus, we deny ourselves on behalf of love, on behalf of the pure pursuit of truth, on the behalf of making justice, on behalf of the creation in the world. We deny ourselves and devote ourselves to those things, but we also find ourselves doing of them. Fruitfulness and eternal life are both found at the cross, the daily cross that we bear as we follow Christ. The Greeks who came to see Jesus 
were probably mystified by his exit line. When I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He saw the cross as a scandalous death and a humiliating defeat. As the Apostle Paul discovered the Corinthians, Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified. We Christians proclaim Christ crucified because we know that the cross is the clearest sign of just how far Jesus is willing to go to show us the love of God. Jesus died so that we should receive forgiveness and life. He gave himself for us to demonstrate the value of a life of self-denial. Such a life is powerfully attractive. People continue to be drawn by the power but let us follow where it leads us towards fruitful service and life. Because in this time of Lent, Jesus is clearly trying to tell us that's not all, folks. There is so much. But it's pretty. Dear Lord, on this day that we come before you to understand. Christ's journey to the cross, the meaning for our lives. May our, the words of Scripture embrace our heart and mind that we might follow in the paths that Jesus leads us to. Guide us this day, dear Lord, and enrich our lives. We pray in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us join together in our closing hymn, Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed.
Christ, our Lord, go forth love of God the Father, peace of our Lord Jesus, evermore. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.